If you're the kind of dad whose kids find his high school yearbook, and now suddenly you have to explain OP shorts, Vornay sunglasses, and that Kurt Cameron mullet you've been rocking, then this is the podcast for you. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. We are the podcast celebrating dad, wherever dad may be, whatever dad may do. Welcome to season number eight, episode number eight. We're calling this one, What Did Dad Tweet? Because we have Aaron Quitkin. He is a PR executive, a PR maven, and I tell you, nothing like timing, right? A lot of great stories with regards to image and damage control. So we're going to get into that a little later on. In the program. Hey, my name is Adam D. Right now, it is my great pleasure to introduce a man who has no problem with image, especially when explaining his 1980s rock and mullet. And that, of course, is Coach Randy. Coach, how are you and your mullet doing today? Adam D. Uh, amazing enough, I did not wear the mullet. So you're from Colorado. <clears throat> I did not I wear the mullet. I Colorado in the 80s. I did. Maybe this is a stereotype. I thought no, it was no, all no, about no, no, mullets. No. And... My brother, my, oh. my, my, may he rest in peace, right? Yeah. He he wore the mullet. Uh-huh. I, I didn't like long hair. I had I had what we called the feathered look. Ooh, it was feathered. Now, how did how did you rock the feathered head? It was if you go back, like my hair was just kind of round, but it was like a feathered. It went back and was kind of. If you remember Farrah Fawcett, then there was just the the, the kind of the, the guy look. It was either you had the mullet or yeah. this kind of. But it's like you showed just a little bit of earlobe, uh-huh. and your hair went over there. Oh, and it, okay. And the hair was, was and I'm, listeners, I'm using my hands to feather my face. Yeah. Feather my and hair back. And I have back. to tell you, it is fabulous. Right. So I. I went with a feathered look because mm-hmm. uh, I just didn't like having long hair. Uh, whereas my brother, he had the mullet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he was in that rock music industry. Yes. When they was... were playing the devil's music. <laughs> the devil's so music. long hair. I mean, it was uh... the, the bastions of the devil yeah, were wearing his, the long his, hair. His, his band was Van Halen. Oh, his I band know, was Van Halen. I love Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now Van Halen. Yeah. Um, if you were to ask him, was he a Van Hagar guy or a David Lee Roth guy? Definitely daily be brought. Yeah, this I is, think you got to go with Diamond Dave. I mean, right? he was. I mean, this was this is a long time. It was the original band. There was yeah. there was no thoughts of you know uh, of Sammy Hagar, which you know. I mean, Van Halen was, you know, the, the Van Halen and the whole uh, whole story there. So, but true story. This is how I knew that he had musical talent. I'm not sure if I ever mentioned this. And this is why I know this is his favorite band. I was a freshman in college. He was a freshman in high school, and he called me up and said, "Hey, listen to this," and he starts playing, you know, "Jump" from Van Halen. Mm. Uh, and I'm like, what are you using? He goes, like, remember that little Casio keyboard? Little Casio keyboard. <laughs> it was put in your pocket. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm just playing the song. I go, but, but you never, you used to suck at piano. <laughs> he goes, I go, how did you learn how to play? He goes, well, I just put the song on, listen to it, and just figured out how to play it on the on this little Casio keyboard. He just has a good ear. He so just it's not like he had sheet music. In front he had of him. no. He never knew how to read music. Wow. He he just learned how to play by ear, uh, and he he can listen. So that's how I know that Van Halen was my my brother's. Uh, I, I, love, I don't know if you ever got to see Van Halen live. No, that I was not my band. Jump, because, you know, I think I started getting into pop music in the early 1980s. You mm-hmm. know, 1984 yeah. was like one of those aha albums for me. Well, and I was Jump, a little, I think, yes. was the first Van Halen that was, song and that, was, that I heard. That's when uh, I was a <clears throat> junior in high school. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Mark was a little bit younger. Uh, see, for me, Van Halen, that that, that wasn't... I like I like Kiss. Yeah. I like Kiss. Uh, but I was Styx... 
right? Uh-huh. Journey. Yeah. Uh, Ario Speedwagon. Speed uh-huh. yeah. Those were those. All the kinda... bands that are touring with each yeah. other now. <laughs> Which nostalgia I, shows? They've all got to be in their mid seventies, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I know how old I am. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was in high school back then. So, uh, but I did not ever ever go, and I didn't like the long hair. Uh, I had to have the clean hair. I wanted the clean hair look. So that's. Uh, uh, but although I gotta tell you, I have a wig that I use when I do my 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 school when, assemblies. When you do your, your master's degree teaching, exactly. Uh-huh. When I go out uh, and I, I do rock the I do rock the wig. So what kind of wig is it? It's a mullet wig. And what's the premise of the mullet wig? Well, Why I are use, you wearing this? No, so I don't wear it. I use it as a, as as a prop for when I do my bully in me uh-huh. circle. So I I make so what I do is I, I get someone to come up and volunteer as the target. Uh-huh. And so I look for different kind of wigs uh-huh. uh, for the person who's the bully, not the target. So is the bully wearing the mullet? Yes. Or is the yes. bully... <laughs> the, the, the target wears something nice, like uh-huh. a little hat and a tie. Uh-huh. Or the bully is wearing the mullet. <laughs> Apparently scarred from when I was a kid because a guy that used to bully me wore a mullet. So it all comes out. Thank you for my therapeutic and therapy for today. And this is how it's manifesting. Exactly. So, you, know, by, you, you, are, you, are, you are stereotyping and characterizing as it, as it bullies as out. wearing mullets. Yes. Which is... Not wait. It's very growing pains, very family ties, very head of the class. Yeah, That's, well, what can you say? <laughs> Unreal. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad that we had a breakthrough today in this session, and you will get my bill, and I, I take most major medical, but not yours. Yes. So, oh, a decent week for you, Coach uh, Adam D. It is. Uh, uh, as we were talking prior to the show, Daddy never stops. It never stops. Oh boy. You know it is. Uh, Does I mean, it never? It, it never stops. And you know I have uh, the four beautifuls, but it is just uh, it never stops. Um, youngest is going through those wonderful, you know. 13, 14, 15 year old years, uh, as you know, Michaela and the stress of, over the junior year and, and, and test taking and ACTs. I've been and there. It was, it, was, it was a Friday night last night, right? And she's home doing homework. We had to tell her stop. Yeah. We said, enough. Uh, it's just enough. And now, do you know the thing about this thing, thing called Power School? Oh, yeah. I, I have the app. I am, uh, I am so anti Power School. Yeah. I understand why. It was necessary to kind of create the app. It was a way to communicate with parents. I don't know what it was, but I will tell you, my kids go on that app constantly looking for, and every time their grade moves up an inch, point goes down, it's as if, oh, I'm so excited to, oh my God, my life is over. What I find interesting about power school is- Freaking hate it. Like, kids are checking it. Yeah. As soon as they walk out of the class Mm -hmm. after they've taken a test. I know. Give the teacher- a few hours to grade your paper and enter the grades. And then they sit You're there not getting wait. that immediate satisfaction. And then, of course, like for the embarrassed, actually talking about this uh, in school, how we would get bullied by teachers mm-hmm. was when the teacher would walk, at least when I was growing up, <laughs> you'd do, you'd hand your paper in and the teacher would come on, Mrs. Sicatello, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a scar, right? She would come in Did and she make, have a mullet? Uh, no, she had curly, long, brown hair and a neck that didn't move. Uh-huh. She okay. couldn't move it, so her whole, her whole body had to move. So she graded on a curve. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I could not resist the opportunity. Mrs. Sicatello, I'm sure she's got rest soul somewhere. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, she was so scary. Uh, but she would come up with the line after your spelling test, and she would say, whatever your name was, D. Uh-huh. Whatever your name is, B. Oh, she would call out the... She would call out the grade. Ah. Usually and, the teachers would pass no, out no, the No, no, no. And they would tell the whole class mm-hmm. what your grade was. Well, that's not and good. that was that was really bad. Mm-hmm. But now with grade power, shaming, <laughs> grade shame. I was grade shamed, right in third grade, right. So, but now with Power School, it is instantaneously, yeah. right. And they get a message that says something's been graded, mm-hmm. and they have to go check. Yeah. And if it's a good grade, the rest of the night is really good for all of us. Yeah. 
if it's not something they hope for. It is if life is over and they're not going to go to school. They're they're going to be bums. And I, it, but I mean, you're you're smack dab in the in the in the college part of yeah. it. So yeah, so I do I do look at power school from time to time. The one thing I look at more is the Google Classroom because I'm more interested in the kinds of assignments mm-hmm. that my kids are getting. And my daughter now is taking a lot more business courses yeah. in school. So I'm fascinated by that. We're, we're living the same life now because she's taking organizational management classes right, yeah. and she's taking entrepreneurship where it seems like they just watch Shark Tank every day <laughs> and then have to do a, a talk back about yeah. it. But it's cool. It's cool. You can learn a lot about business with that show. Uh, but yeah, I, I see the obsession as well. And, and, you know, it's interesting you talk about the whole, all right, we're in the throes of the college applications. Mm-hmm. My daughter's got all of her applications out. And now it's the waiting and obsessing and looking yeah. at the email. Did I get my acceptance letters? So uh, we talk about, you know, sometimes the best times are the most simple times with our kids. Wednesday night, I had to do a little bit of food shopping mm-hmm. where I had three items on my list. And of course, I came out with 27 and uh, no self-check. I can't do self-checkout anymore. It's it's just it's ruining my peace. But that's 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 that's, that's an aside. All right. That, that's and, and of course, you have to bring in your own bags. Yes, that's why I cannot food shop in New Jersey anymore. <laughs> is, I don't give you. It bags. is hands. It's the worst. Yeah. And every time I forget, and it's not it's not accomplishing what they were hoping is going to accomplish. No, because no, it's, it's because now you're buying more bags more because re- you forgot the bag. Yeah, absolutely. But I refuse. And to I'm do and that. listen. I'm still using trash bags. Yeah, I haven't stopped using trash ah. bags. So now when I go around to pick out trash from all my trash, yeah. I no longer re- reuse the bag from no. the grocery store. You're tossing it. I now have to pay for the bag yeah. I'm using. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah, well, no, it's interrupt. okay. No, but you're right though. So every time I forget my my bags, mm-hmm. which is every time. I'm walking out of that supermarket like I just won a Japanese game show and there's like 50 <laughs> things about my arms wrapped around and I'm like waddling out in any event. Mm-hmm. So I had a, a really nice late night shopping, a food shopping excursion with uh, my my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's best to go to ShopRite, I'd say, after 8 o'clock because that's when the rush <laughs> subsides. Oh my gosh. So, we're you know, we're talking about, you know, what's our... Where's our head at, right, yeah. with regard to the applications? And she said... You know what, Dad? I know I've been a little crazy with checking the applications, and I'd like to know why I haven't gotten into some of my top schools when some of these other kids have. And this is stuff, stuff I've been telling her, mm-hmm. like for the last couple of months. Yeah. But of course, you can't hear it from a parent. Yeah, you got to hear it from a YouTube influencer. <laughs> so she dialed up a YouTube influencer who last year got into the school of her choice, which happens to be mm-hmm. uh, the same choices as my daughter. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I saw this video of this kid who applied around Labor Day, finally got into this choice school around Thanksgiving, so I'm just going to relax. And what I also heard, but she didn't say, was until Thanksgiving. Until Thanksgiving. So if we don't hear anything around Thanksgiving, yeah. it's it's going to be a messy, messy household. Mm-hmm. But um, another aside, mm-hmm. which is um, more, more of a, a, a man experience than I think a parental experience, right. although I had the guidance of my daughter. I'm following the bouncing ball. So my wife says, go in and buy a broom while you're at ShopRite. Go buy a broom at ShopRite? Buy a broom. You can because they have a household section. Okay. All right. You can tell does most of the shopping in our house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess you can get anything in the supermarket. So she said, buy a broom because winter is coming and we like to put rock salt down on the deck and the, and the pathway. Okay. All right. And we don't want the dog nibbling on the rock salt and getting his paws injured from walking on the rock salt. So we have to sweep up oh, the, the rock salt. Once you throw the salt down, you want yeah. us to be able to... Eventually, we want to, we want to sweep it away. So I'll, I'll start with the end, and that is don't send Adam D. to buy a broom. <laughs> okay. Because we get to the household section, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, for 10.99, I can get this perfectly 
constructed broom. It's yes. wooden. Yep. It's got good bristles. Ten ninety nine. Ten bucks. I take it off yeah. the shelf. Oh, but wait a minute. Wait. Now there's a broom that calls itself indoor outdoor. Oh, so it's nice to think of yourself. Is an indoor broom, outdoor broom. For fifteen ninety nine, oh. I can get an indoor outdoor broom. So just by fifty percent more, yeah. you now get an indoor outdoor broom because the one you currently have was just for what? I guess just for outdoor. Just for brushing rock salt what, off was, the deck. I mean, was it called an outdoor broom or was it just called broom? It was just called a broom. So it was just a basic broom. But this other one decided to go indoor outdoor. So I picked that one off the rung. All right. Oh, but wait a minute. Wait. Okay. Now, for twenty one ninety nine, uh-huh. I can get a broom. That's indoor, outdoor, and both sides of the broom have different bristles. I've got like the soft, fluffy, brush away bristles, and then I have like sort of the hard steel wool bristles right down the middle. So as your broom shop, because from Mm -hmm. what I hear, Michelle sends you out, go, please pick up a broom. Just get a broom. No other specifications except that. And so what you're doing, I I can see your mind working. My mind would work the same. You got a broom for 10 bucks, right? Well, it's $10.99. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Then, oh my gosh, well, here's one indoor-outdoor, you know, so now you can use it inside and outside because it's not just for rock salt. You could use it to dog hair. Sure, yeah. So that's up. And then the next level says it's like the ultra, the elite, because now there's different type of bristles because we know when you sweep. Yeah. And so that was $20.99 or $21.99? $21.99. But wait! Wait! Oh my gosh, there's (laughs) more? down the aisle. There's more! (laughs) For two easy payments, installments. For $27.99, I could get a broom that has all that. Plus one of those no slip handles. It's like got a grip, almost like it's a motorcycle handle. Yeah. Where your fingers fit into the A lot the of power. Grooves. A lot of power. My power. Yes. <laughs> All depends on how hard. Is this I the sleep. ultimate? It, it was where I drew the line. Yes. That's actually where Perry, my daughter, drew the line. She said, "Oh, oh that's right. Perry was with yeah, you." She's like, "So are you Dad, talking with her? Enough. Are you, are you, yes. you talking with her? Like, which one do you get think? a damn broom? <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't have to be a state of the art so top of the line broom. So you're carrying a cup. Okay. So you stop here." And you start looking at this. Now, are you doing this inside your brain, all this different concepts thinking? Or are you actually having a conversation with uh, with Perry? Yeah, I'm saying, look at this. Isn't this far more exciting? Mm. And wouldn't it be great to have a broom that could do all these things? Now, when I'm thinking about the actual job, why am I getting this broom? Yes. I just have to sweep rock salt That's it. off a pathway and a deck. She, been very clear. she said get a broom so we can just... Yeah. I don't need to strip the paint off the deck. Yeah. I just need to get the rock salt off the deck. So... When it was all said and done, logic prevailed, yeah. and I rallied back to the original 1099 broom. So I hope I don't regret it. So you did what I think many, maybe a man would do. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, like when I go to Home Depot, I look at different things. That's the kind of thing I would do. Um, and I think you played the game well. I think you played the game well. I think you're bright. Uh, and you bring it back home. I need to know how this concludes. I need closure on this. Well, yeah, I think when it was all said and done, I realized I did not need the Ferrari or the F-150 of brooms, did, as it were. Did, does Michelle I, just, know? I just needed the Honda Accord of brooms, exactly. which now, I got, which was fine. Does Michelle know about this story that you had? Uh, not yet. Oh, she knows now. <laughs> when she downloads the <laughs> episode of Bad to the Dead. So I got to tell you, that, uh, uh, and I, I, I have to imagine, you know, we're talking about our kids and mm-hmm. the crazy of being a dad never ends and, and everything else. I'd imagine this has some kind of revelant, re- revelance, revel relevance to what we're talking about today. I just get a feeling. I think it'll boomerang back to image and mm-hmm. decision making and what you put out there. Yeah. We have an amazing guest. That's what I've gone to. Aaron Quicken. See? Aaron That's, Quicken. Yeah. He is the founder of Profit, which is PR, Profit.ai, uh, which is uh, an AI mm-hmm. engineered PR 
company, you know, I'm, I'm sort of slowly talking because I, I know very little about it, but I'm very interested in learning more. Uh, of course, Quicken PR. Uh, timing is everything. We have had um, a few misbehaved athletes who were tweeting stuff over oh, the last couple of weeks. So I'm curious to get into that. And uh, it's been very hurtful, it's especially been, to our community. It's 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 been wild, yeah, uh, in that world, in the realm of social media, yeah. uh, and how it's being played out. And what I've also known is the the, the world, uh, and this is this is a dad issue, I swear, mm-hmm. that we see the, the 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 federal politics. Oh, we got an election coming. We got an election we, coming. Several up. elections coming. Uh, up. Lots of elections, so you can see those elections. And I was talking to a fellow fellow dad who is on Bad to the Dad, yeah. uh, Brian Costello, who's oh, yeah. a reporter for the New York Post, and. Uh, we have the benefit of living in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I say that with, you know, tongue-in-cheek, sarcastic, because not only do we get those awful New Jersey political ads, mm-hmm. you know, throwing... It's not, I think mud-slinging is no longer it. It is yeah. something... It's dung-slinging. It's not mud. It's really the just... The ads are far more personal now. It is just unbelievable. So we get... Not only do we get New Jersey, yeah. we get Pennsylvania, we get Connecticut, we get New York. We get New York. Yeah. And so that's what all it is. And mm-hmm. this is this was a... Sad state of affairs, because if you're watching TV with your kids, even kids shows, and these commercials come up, he, he makes this comment like, I keep waiting for my daughter to keep up coming up and asking me, Dad, what's rape and incest? Yeah. Because that is what the that is what it constantly comes to, uh, it's of what's of going on. one of the top platform topics, and, 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 it, and, it's, and, it's, and it's filtered down. So you got to explain that, but you also have to explain the behavior of these ads. Now, not this year, but uh, I think in the last election mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. right, 2020, Staten Island had a congressional race. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I used to do this comedy bit mm-hmm. about how these political ads are coming this short of saying, my opponent is an a-hole. <laughs> and now they're actually coming Directly, out and saying, the, the, yeah. the, there was one one uh, race, and I think we may have talked about this during mm-hmm. that election, mm-hmm. where they were interviewing people on the street and they were like, well, what do you think of this candidate, mm-hmm. you know, on the other side? Yeah. Oh, he's a fraud. He's a fraud. He's an effing fraud. And they would bleep out effing. F, yeah. So it's really... Gone to the gloves off. It is crazy. Let's get, let's get down to the gutter. And some have actually taken uh, an opponent's YouTube mention and have edited it in such a way to, to feed their their narrative. <laughs> taken out of context. And then it's just come to. I know we're gonna, we're gonna get to our to, to our to our guest in a second. But what's happened now? It's come down to not just our state. It's come down to yeah. our town yeah. and our lovely town of mayoral politics into into our council politics and it's out there splashed. Yeah. And I cannot believe what people are writing on Facebook. Yeah. And about... these are the people that we see in ShopRite when we're buying brooms. <laughs> and we, we see them at the corner deli. Yes. And I'm like, why would you put that stuff yeah. out there? It, it is yeah, we we really we're really trying to make it. And I get I get on the rabbit hole because I get yeah as a sociologist, right? Yeah, as a social and a social worker in my, my, my background I just I go down that rabbit hole. I just start reading everybody's comments back and forth, yeah. and how they have these public narrative comments mm-hmm. for quote unquote their candidate, accusing them of being anti-Semitic, accusing them of being racist, accusing yeah. them of being whatever it could be, all out in public. It is the most bizarre, bizarre yeah. situation. Yeah, and and this is where you it really yields. Conversations I cannot wait until Tuesday's done. Cannot wait. I hear until you. Tuesday's I hear. Done. But you know what? Mm-hmm. The, what I love about the ads is where they try to freeze frame the opponent. And <laughs> some sort of expression that yes. makes him look like a total dope. Oh, absolutely. We're going to talk about that and more with our guest, PR executive Aaron Quitkin, right here on Bad to the Dad. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Adam D. here. You know, the North Jersey counties of Essex, Union, and Morris have become very popular because of their competitive school system, great parks, civic living, 
but the housing market has gotten red hot. So if you're planning on moving to these counties, you're gonna wanna have somebody on your side, a real strong advocate that knows the market and lives here too. And that is Idan Karen of the Stan K team, the top 1% of realtors in the area. You wanna reach out to Idan, he is gonna take care of you. You can contact him by phone at 516-730-4726, or you can find him on Instagram at idan.realtor, that's I-D-A-N.realtor on Instagram. Idan Karen from the Stan KT. You can't go wrong. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. If you want to enhance the Bad to the Dad experience, we're more than just our podcast. We are on social media, and you can follow us at Bad to the Dad on most social media platforms. We also got a thing called a website because you still have to have one of those, and the website is badtothedad.com. So what can you find on that website? You can find information about your hosts, information about upcoming guests. You can also download the podcast from the website. If you're not an Apple or Spotify person, if that's the way you want to roll, we do not judge you. And we like to interact with our, with our listeners, with our guests, of course, too. So you can do that by DMing us via any of those social media platforms, or you can simply email us at contactus at badtothedad.com. Once more, contactus at badtothedad.com. Coach, as I mentioned at the top of the broadcast, timing is everything. Lot, lot of election activity. Yeah, election stuff. Correct. We've got you know a couple of athletes and musicians, quote unquote, who have taken to the Twitter sphere and have posted some offensive material, and it's all been all about damage control. It's mm-hmm. been all about image. It's mm-hmm. been all about kind of engineering the narrative. And there's nobody better in my network that I know who knows how to engineer a narrative and how to uphold an image better. Then Aaron Quitkin, a PR executive. Aaron, great to have you on Bad to the Dad. Thank you so much for making time with us. Awesome, Aaron. Welcome. Welcome to the Den. Thank you. Thank you, boys. I appreciate uh, sharing your den, even from afar. It looks very comfy. Oh, yeah. This couch, I don't know if it's if it's, it's been cleaned in years. But it hasn't been cleaned, because, yeah. except for, you know, you, you'll stand up, you'll get Piper here on you. But other than that, All right. my dog sits here. That's yeah. pretty much All right. Well, it definitely has my butt imprint, so I know where to sit. Yes. So, awesome. Aaron, you know, at the top of uh, our podcast today, we were talking about image, of course, and we we're talking about our image in high school and the fear of if our kids ever got our uh, got wind of our, our high school yearbook and they saw certain fashion decisions that we made, certain hairstyle decisions that that we made, we'd have some splaining to do. So first question I have to ask is, is there a questionable or regrettable fashion decision you made or hairstyle? decision you made back in the day that you'd have to uh, maybe do some image control on with your kids? Wow. Uh, uh, I had many, many. I think we're the same cohort, right? I'm 52. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys look way better than I do. But uh, so I had what's then, what was it then called the bi-level haircut. You remember those? Bi-level haircut. Bi-level. Oh, explain. Bi-level. You know what that means? 
It means it's a fucking mullet. I had a mullet. At ah, 14. A mullet. mullet. Yeah, Full on mullet. Mullet, yep. So it was business and front right. party in the back. Uh, exactly. With a tail. I actually had a tail. How disgusting is that? This is the 80s. A tail. And I wore parachute pants. It was oh, bad. Talk about parachute pants. It was, it was really bad. Z Cavaricci. Z Cavaricci. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't go for the Z Cavaricci, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, I even wore those like leather madonna like bracelets with like a little spike on them because i thought i was really cool i mean super super cringy now i'm just owning a dome i'm just super now it's so so shiny and soft and you had a skunk tail back when you were um... I, had a, I, I, had, I had a skunk tail it was uh it was pretty bad i also had uh two whole i had a pierced ear my left ear uh two holes and one of the holes is still there actually you can still see it Mm-hmm. um no regrets though man that's just and i wore a huge huge high because uh, <laughs> i was just like i am today a super proud jew uh-huh. um, inside or outside inside your shirt i outside had some shirt. bling on me as well but you know oh it was inside oh it was inside unless i was partying then it came out right yeah. then it came out but you know that was the time that was the era so you just kind of lean into cultural currency i guarantee you our kids today mine are 21 and 18 are going to look back at their pictures 20 30 years from now I don't know if I'll be around and they're going to totally cringe and also appreciate and laugh about it. And who knows what social media platform they're going to post those pictures on, uh, you know, for nostalgia, like we are today on Facebook and, you know, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and we were also talking about, we're talking about bands, Aaron, like what were some of the the bands that, that you liked uh, in, in the eighties when you were rocking the, the two leveler and the, and the high and and the wristband with the the spikes. I had a, Huge crush on Debbie Harry. Huge. Blondie. Um, I, lo- I love Blondie. I had a pin that said Blondie's a group. Because remember, people thought she was Blondie, but she's like, no, I'm Debbie Harry. Uh, Blondie's the group. So I had a pin that said Blondie's a group. Uh, I love Devo. I love Sex Pistols. I was very into punk rock. Wow. Um, and then I pivoted later in life towards pop and hip hop. But that was the era, you know, and that got me going. It was awesome. Um, Thompson twins. I mean, boy George moving into that era. It was uh it was quite a time for me. I own it. Like the Smiths? I own it. Sure, I love the Smiths. And then when I was in college, I loved Morrissey. Aaron, we know that you've got a few different PR endeavors, a few different PR enterprises. And the one that pops to the top of your LinkedIn profile is Profit with a capital P and a capital R, profit.ai. Um, I know you you've yeah. done a lot of the traditional PR work with you know, image maintenance and, you know, of course, the PR in the form of awareness building. But tell us a little bit about Profit.ai. What, what is it all about? Yeah, so uh, I did a bit of a career pivot, uh, maybe later in life, um, and I tried to uh, lean into the best of both worlds. So my domain expertise, like you said, is in communications, uh, PR, reputation management. I started off in crisis and issues management in Washington, D.C., um, and I still love it. I love the tradecraft. Um, I'm chair of the agency that I founded. That was once called Quitkin. Now it's called KWT Global. I still work with a handful of clients as needed. About three years ago, though, um, uh, I leaned into the tech side of PR, marketing technology. And uh, I've long believed that um, with natural language processing and machine learning and AI techniques, um, those can now be applied to the PR process. So the old way of doing it is I have no idea Who's going to want to? Who's going to write about my me, my story, my narrative? You have to pitch reporters, right? There's no guarantees. Um, film studio, 
studios, um, publishers, they're using AI to run potential scripts um, through algorithms that determine future commercial viability. Why can't I do the same? Why can't I look at what reporters have written on the past, um, ingest that, and then apply my pitch, my story idea to what they've written in the past to predict whether or not they would write in the future. And that was how Profit was born. I was inspired by this character on Billions called Taylor. They're this algorithmic genius that they can see around corners. And I'm like, what if I can try and see around corners for brands and for agencies and um, free them up to do higher value tasks? So you upload your pitch into the platform. We match that language against two to three million stories have been written by multiple reporters across high authority outlets that um, are um, validated high authority outlets. Uh, and, um, and then we then tell you which reporters would be interested in your story idea. And that's profit. And um, we just started selling the product to brands and agencies about a year, year and a half ago. We have about 500 users on the platform right now. We're constantly updating it and making it better. Uh, and I'm really now in charge of this comms tech business unit within this company called Stagwell, which is founded by Mark Penn, uh, former pollster for the Clintons, for Ed Koch, for Tony Blair. He was at Microsoft. Um, and he really understands the intersection of marketing and technology. So sorry for the long answer, but I just wanted to kind of give you the the, no, that's, the quick overview. So now, so now we get it. It truly is um, prophetic, right? It's predictive technology to see if your stories are going to hit and exactly. how many different outlets are going right. to 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 take it on. At the top of the hour, you talked about you know athletes doing stupid, bad things. You know, professional athletes like Kyrie Irving, just for yeah. an example, right? Um, my my worry right now, my fear right now, is that you have people like Ye or Kanye, whatever he calls himself now. Kyrie and others who are hugely influential. These aren't just celebrities making gaffes and offhand remarks that are that we could all apologize for. I'll probably have to apologize for, you know, my Morrissey comment earlier about how, you know, um, you know, I, I I'd love to use it for dates, you know. But apology um, accepted. Apology no, accepted. No need to apologize. It was thank you. <laughs> you're doing a public yeah. service. Yeah. 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 Probably. So. So. Um, but. Um, you know these these what words matter and what they say matters and um it becomes a human health issue and people will die people will die based on these tweets and on um the reluctance um to not be um to not apologize uh, and to be very specific not nuance not parse their words but say that was wrong i was wrong you know, I should, and if you look at Amazon right now, that film, I'm not even going to mention it, that Kyrie was tweeting about is number one bestseller on Amazon Prime right now. That is fucking terrifying to me as an American Jew, as the son of a Holocaust survivor, that is terrifying to me. And it's all just out of curiosity too. People are probably downloading it, not because they necessarily agree with the content of the video, but, oh, it's trending. So I have to see what this is all about. Well, I'm, I, I that's a very optimistic point of view. I'm hopeful it's more about curiosity and not, um, you know, uh, belief systems mm. um, and uh, and anything deeper or more sinister. But, you know, sometimes curiosity can can turn into um, hate uh, and toxicity. Point. So I don't know. I, 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 and I'm not I, I don't want to bring anybody down. No, I was going to say you brought it down to a level. It's been we're, really we're, yeah. we're, we're very we take things very seriously. There's not much humor. There's not much going on. Yeah. We just you know, we're not. We're very serious, serious people. I'm, I'm, but I'm, uh, I, I was, so one of my other roles, uh, you know, I, I was at, I, I'm an advisor for the GW School of Media and Public Affairs. I went to GW, I'm very, very proud of them. And I'm very, very active at the university. It's a great, 
school. And um, we were in a meeting last week and uh, one of uh, the folks on this board said, you know, what are the three things you're most worried about right now? We went around the room and there are, without naming them, there's some very uh, prolific, um, very, um, um, very, very bright media personalities and people in the media world on this board. And I, and, and my top three things were, you know, nuclear war, civil war, and anti-Semitism. And um, again, I, I know this podcast is both serious and not serious, but we are at a very interesting point in time coming, running up to the, to the midterms, which are just a few days away. Uh, you've got Elon Musk, who um, is now in charge of Twitter, um, which people thought was a town square. It's become a gladiator arena. And I'm very, I'm deeply, deeply concerned that he is going to um, become a digital insurrectionist for our age. I'm very, very worried. Mm-hmm. And I'm not this guy that, you know, like my background's in crisis. Like I'm a pretty level, I think, even, even-handed, even-killed person, uh, but I'm concerned. Wow. That's a dramatic pause. So, but, but a necessary, but a necessary one to, to post reflection because you're, you know, this is a, this is a dad, you know, we're, we're, we're a dad podcast. Um, and, uh, what right. you do for a living is very much in the realms of where kids are, uh, as far as PR right. and their own personal, uh, digital footprint. Uh, I do a lot of bullying, anti-bullying, uh, cyber bullying, different pieces. Uh, and so as a dad right. and you have a, you have, Oh, your your kid just need a 21, 18. I have 28, 25, uh, 17, and uh, and almost 14. And we know the, the same with Adam. How does a parent, how does a dad navigate uh, their kids in this environment, which could be so toxic, where one tweet could undo everything? Or they, I'm sorry, they don't use tweet, they use Snap, Instagram, Be Real. But how do you as a father have that conversation with your kids about what's going to happen in the world of uh, social media and your 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 own your own personal PR assistant. First of all, uh, Coach Randy, you look good, man. You look good for having kids in that age range. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but you know we need to we need let's let's promote that product on this podcast. Adam <laughs> looks fine too, but well, he had two rounds to yeah. do it. So yes, I uh, did a do over. <laughs> Second, um, so I'm lucky I married up. So um, uh, <laughs> because I married my wife Tessa, uh, you know she greatly greatly improved the gene pool. Um, so my kids are really smart. Uh, um, and I say this with love and, and I'm not, it's, it's like a humble brag, but they're not just academically smart. I think they're pretty street smart and intuitive. Um, they also have enormous amounts of empathy. So I think that when you start with kids who um, are empathetic or intuitive and also academic, um, I feel like I have a leg up. I'm very, very lucky. I was none of those things. I've, I've tried to become more of those things in my later life now, but I was none of those things at their age. Um, and, and I'm going to get back to them specifically in a second, but let's just talk about Gen Z for a second. Um, I think uh, Gen Z is going to change the world for the better mm-hmm. um, as long as we can wait for them to get into positions of both power, influence, and change-making, right? And we're almost there. Um, they are the most educated. Um, they're the most empathetic. Uh, they're the most caring and, and um, dialed in generation of our time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe um, that when I just look at my kids and their experience, um, I believe that um, things will get better. I, I, I really do. And, you know, very, very early on, um, because our my kids, our kids, um, uh, like the, what the iPhone came out in 2007. So, you know, 
Um, they are digital natives, um, but um, they also were kind of hybrid. They were also raised in sort of the analog slash digital world. Um, so they were right in the middle of the two. Um, and I don't think it's about the digital platform. I think it's about um, good old fashioned parenting and imprinting. And, um, and I think that the best thing we can do for our kids, what I tried to do for my kids is make sure that they have a clear eyed view of the world and that they're engaged in civic discourse and discussion and they watch the news, but they don't just watch news. It's an echo chamber of their views. They, they find multiple sources of news, but they understand the difference between fact and fiction or someone's fiction who pretends like it's fact. Um, so I, I do think making sure that we have larger discussions about what's going on in the world without suppressing them um, to make sure that they are engaged and they're part of civic um, discussions and that they also are participatory. Like, you know, life is not a spectator sport. It's participatory. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you, you know, you can choose to just kind of sit back and watch or you can get on the field. And I'd rather them fail on the field than just watch on the sideline. But haven't, haven't you guys noticed as your kids have, has got, have gotten older, um, instead of just the eye rolls, um, they actually are coming to you, you know, for advice. Um, you know, that it is like, it's, it's such an interesting juxtaposition because right before they leave, you're like, get the fuck out. Like they do something, there's some sort of weird thing going on where you're like, you're ready for them to leave, to go to college or leave the house. Right. And then within a matter of months, I think they appreciate you and what you've done, um, as parents, but also, um, they actually come to you for advice. They bounce stuff off of you. And I think that's beautiful. That's when you know they're actually entering the world of adulting. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I also think that we, we can't set up our kids for this false hope that, every, you know, to be happy is the goal. That's not what life is about. You're not, if you're only happy, you're not living. I mean, to appreciate the moments of up, you have to also be in the moments of down, right? And, and, I, and I think that we working through that with your kids, yeah, working through that with your kids, is just is just so important and it's beautiful. It is an amazing thing. So Aaron, I want to dovetail off that point because I, I think that's essential given that you have college age kids. I'm about to have a college age kid. And we know that sensibilities are formed and seriousness about certain topics are formed on college campuses. And we know, you know, whether it's in the news or what we hear from our friends, that there's a lot of protest and anti-this and anti-that on college campuses. And kids then have to make a decision, how am I going to engage in this? Or do I engage in this? And I'm wondering if you've had those kinds of conversations with your own kids or how you guide other parents on how to, how to manage those situations on college campuses that can you know, get not only heated, but even potentially violent. So I, I peaked in college. I'm just going to disclose that now. Um, and it's been down doubtful. Ever since. doubtful. I think yeah. maybe socially, yeah, no. but certainly not professionally. <laughs> <laughs> I think both, actually. I was uh, very quiet. I like, you know, uh, not, I, again, I'm, I don't want to go too deep but um, or, or depress anybody. But, you know, I, I had a little bit of a rough childhood. I was mostly raised by a single parent. And uh, I was, I, sports actually saved me in high school. So I swam, I ran cross country, um, and um, it was my outlet. Thank God, a very productive outlet. And, and but but I wasn't like into Spirit Week and student leadership. I got to college, and um, I became a student leader. You know, I ran the Interfraternity Council. I was very deeply engaged in the community, 
And GW gave me a spark for civic uh, engagement that I didn't know I had, but then I carried through my life to through today. When both of my kids left for school, I wrote them letters. And I highly recommend this for all parents. I don't care if they don't fucking read it because part of the benefit of writing a letter is it's for you and it's for them. Now, my son read it. I know he read it. And one of the points I make in my letter is nobody knows who Aaron Quitkin is when you get to college. You get to form who you really want to be, not who like these bratty people in high school and middle school thought you should be, right? And and one of the things, and, 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 I, and that was my first point. My second point was surround yourself with people who don't look like you, who have, who have different backgrounds, please, and uh, maybe speak different languages. Maybe they worship different gods, if at all. Third point is get engaged. Do something outside of academics. Give back to your community. Be more generous with your time. My son dove headlong into that. He's now um, he's finishing his senior year at Tufts. Really smart kid. You know, biochem major. Um, he spends so much time giving back um, in in so many different ways, especially when it comes to uh, ensuring the mental health of the community around him. My daughter's a freshman at USC, and uh, is that is that LA, the bit- other USC? Southern Cal? Southern Cal. I went to grad school there. Very there nice. But fight on. Exactly. So I don't know if she'll ever listen to this podcast. This is so funny. Yeah. So we're just there. Uh, about a month ago, Parents Weekend. I'm still hurting. My liver still hurts from that. And, um, <laughs> I haven't lost it, Aaron. You haven't lost yeah, we're, it. We're, we're, we're in her, no, no. We're, so we're in her dorm room, and my son is just kind of looking through her shit. And he's like, oh, look, Dad, it's the letter that you wrote her. Totally sealed, unopened. <laughs> and uh, and, I, and I was like, part of me is like a little upset. And he said, I don't think she wants to cry. I think she's doing really well. That's probably a good sign. She didn't need to open the letter. He wanted to open the letter and that's fine. It doesn't matter. But I guess my point is, is that even if they don't listen because they don't know is, it's good for you to, to go through that exercise. And if they do eventually when, when they open that letter, that's the advice that I've, I've given them as, as they kind of uh, leave campus. I remember when my son, my son first went to Tufts, um, it's a Sackler name. Um, that's a Sackler family that owned, or I don't know if they still own Purdue, uh, which was real. Yeah. Which was, you know, largely responsible for starting the opioid uh, um, epidemic. Yep. Um, you know, the Sackler name was on everything and there were protests left and right to get to erase the sacred name from schools and from the schools and from the buildings and um you know there are also protests about you know oil and their endowments and things like that and, I, and i'm like this is beautiful this is great college campuses uh really are is where the seeds grow for um activism and advocacy and engage and civic engagement so that's what i tell my kids i gotta tell you um adam d and this is on Aaron. there's there's so much that you said that I share both personally and professionally. How do we leave our thumbprints on our kids? What do we do to teach them to be better people? Uh, and I think your right. background, uh, I mean, both you and Adam D, as you spoke earlier, you shared the fact that both you were congregational presidents. Synagogue right? presidents. Yep. Yeah, yeah, synagogue synagogue uh, presidents. Uh, that's a role model thing. And so sometimes it's not so much the conversations you have, it's the things that you do. Uh, and they learn from that more, though, than we think we realize. Um, and it's just fantastic that you have those conversations. The sad part is I don't think most parents do. Right. I, 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 you're probably right about that. Um, you know, I, uh, (laughs) 
once you start seeing your kids on LinkedIn and they start seeing you in a different light, you're not just dad, but you're also a professional and you have opinions and you're posting your opinions. Um, thankfully, in some ways, actually, um, our value set is very aligned. I do wonder for certain kids who don't share the same, and I'm not going to, I don't want to use the word political because everything is really human. And unfortunately, things that are human become politicized, right? Um, but when it comes to human issues, um, you know, uh, I am kind of fortunate in some ways that we all share really the same kind of view, worldview. I don't know if that's good or bad, um, but um, I know that I didn't with, with my dad growing up. He, was, he had a very different worldview than, than I did. Um, and I find myself also as I get older, you know, like they say, as you get older, you, you become a little bit more conservative. Hmm. I've become more progressive um than ever before it's weird it's almost like something's happening <laughs> and and i don't know why i can't i can't describe it um but and i also you know get upset a little bit faster and, and i feel like i need to i was i was just quoted in the journal yesterday um talking about elon musk um and you know not just what what is what is his ownership of Twitter mean for Twitter and the brand, but how does it impact advertising? How does it impact society? You know, I wrote about Kanye and Adidas um, pretty early on. I think you probably saw that, Adam, on LinkedIn. Um, and, um, you know, my kids now see that. And before, five, six years ago, when they were younger, they kind of just ignored it. Like, okay. Now that they're older, um, they're processing it differently. And I think that our relationship has evolved and changed in, in, in a good way. But they see me as not just dad, uh, but also as a professional, as a human, and as a leader. Aaron, can you tease that article that you posted about Kanye and uh, Adidas's delay in sure cutting cutting cord with with Kanye? I thought it was a, a great article, and if you're okay with it, uh, we will repost it on our Bad to the Dad social media accounts. But um, I want to give you an opportunity to promote that article because I, I thought it was one of the, and I'm not blowing smoke. I really thought it was one of the stronger, more opinionated pieces about that situation. Sure. Yeah. And it kind of goes back a little bit to what I said earlier. So, you know, I, um, I used to write for Forbes for about 10 years. I had a column, uh, it was called you are what you say. Um, it ended somewhat amicably, but I, I don't think Forbes appreciated me being so critical of companies that also advertise on their platform. Um, and uh, I've been willing throughout my entire life to forego opportunities to work with certain brands um, because I'd rather um, express um, how they behave or, or don't behave um, well and how they should hold their mantle in the marketplace. And Adidas is one of them. Um, you know, um, uh, when, when Kanye started really going, actually, let's talk about LA for a second. Um, I was looking through some social media feed and I noticed. Um, after Kanye started posting some very anti-Semitic tropes about Jews um, on Instagram, there are these white supremacist groups uh, over the 405 holding mm -hmm. signs up um, saying that we agree with Kanye or whatever. And when I saw that, I was very upset. At the same time, my editor at The Drum, Ken Hine, texted me. I was on a train on Amtrak down to D.C. for some conferences and events and stuff and, and meetings. He's like, do you want to write about this? I'm like, hell yeah. And in 45 minutes, I banged out this post for The Drum, which is an advertising industry trade publication. And my point is that um, it's not a hard decision um, when one of your influencers who has, you know, 40, 50 million followers, um, not just um, has very pointed 
uh, views that are really bad for humanity, especially Jews, it's not a hard decision to kick him to the curb. And that was my point. Why did Adidas take so long? And I have my own private theory, and I don't know if it'll ever come out publicly. Having been involved in, with so many companies, good companies that end up being in bad positions, either by their own hand or because they have an association with an athlete or, or a spokesperson, you know, um, no, no brand is really unimpeachable, right? And um, it's not what happens, it's how you react. And the fact that Adidas took so long, Adidas, by the way, who has its own troubled history with ties to the Nazi Germany, um, why did they take so long? Probably because lawyers, and some of my best friends are lawyers. My sister's a lawyer. She's an incredible, brilliant lawyer. Hmm. Lawyers probably are like, well, you know, we, we need to first work this out. No, that's not the answer. The, fir the first thing you do is you make the right decision and then you work out the paperwork later. It doesn't matter. And why they took so long is kind of baffling to me. Um, you know, companies, and I think there are a lot of companies who, who, who do the right thing, who do stand up, whether it's, you know, voter rights and registration, whether it is reproductive rights, um, you know, the, uh, standing up for the LGBTQ community. Um, Adidas failed and failed us. And this is not just some athlete making an offhanded comment or remark. These are influencers. I hate to use that word. And they are people who can create chaos and can uh, jeopardize whole communities by just by using their words. Words matter. Aaron Quicken on, <laughs> on Bad to the Dad. I, we have a section called Dad Vice, but I think this entire, entire uh, interview, time of interview yeah. my gosh, Aaron, is all Dad Vice. You can't even ask you to give Dad Vice. You literally just gave us Dad Vice for 30 straight minutes of incredible insight uh, over what you do and how you- I'm Sorry, do. I know I, I could talk a lot. No, I, I, I actually, I told you, I'm going to Shark Tank something with you later, so. Uh. <laughs> it's going to change his number. You got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm, a I'm a vampire. Yeah. I'm in. I'm not leaving. Yeah. Um, just just phenomenal. The insight um, and, and what you offered as a dad. Uh, obviously, you've raised two two great kids um, who get it. Um, and that's that's my goal is just hope that my kids get it, um, ultimately, because our, our true legacy is our kids we leave behind. Um, so, Adam D, another. I'm going to give you. Yeah, and you yeah. know, one thing we didn't say at the top of the podcast is how do I how do I know Aaron? Aaron and his team were actually my coach and my colleague's coach when uh, I was at Stryker uh, and their on their talent acquisition team yeah. we had a media training day at our <laughs> annual talent acquisition conference. And you put us through our paces, right? You know, you asked us to think about, you know, what is our value proposition and how would you deliver that? And if a TV station ever approached you. For that message, how do you keep it succinct yet still strong and valuable? So, I remember those. I remember those times uh, just as uh, just as clearly as I did back in whatever it was, 2010. And at that time, the big news story was the BP oil spill in the Gulf. Yeah. And there's something that resonated with me that I keep with me as a leader today. I'll never forget. And you referenced the CEO of BP, a quote that he said saying. Uh, my life is over. My life is over. And right. you, we really deconstructed that as a very insincere, a, a knee jerk, but a very insincere response to thousands of lives that were affected, right? Livelihoods and, and health concerns in that region, a region that was devastated by multiple 
uh, hurricanes uh, prior to that. So it's you know kind of knowing your audience and 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 knowing your your truth. And uh, Aaron, you know, just want you to know that that gift stayed with me and appreciate that and really appreciate your time on Bad to the Dad. We're doing this on a Saturday morning. We know you could be going out for bagels with your wife and uh, and doing other things. What's but- next? By the way, when, and I appreciate you saying that, uh, that the BP example was in like totally different era, right? I mean, that was when you could make a career ending quote. Interestingly, now fast forward to 2022, going to 2023, do career ending quotes even exist anymore? I think 2016 on changed that. Or it exists for some, but not all. There's no equity anymore in career-ending quotes. It's so interesting to me, uh, which actually makes my job even harder in some ways. We learned a lot here from Aaron Quitkin, PR executive. Best of luck with Profit.ai. We'll be keeping tabs on it. Hopefully, we bring you back. But again, appreciate your time for being on Bad to the Dad. All the best. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It was fun. I can't wait to be back. But I'm going to be actually sitting with you in between you guys uh, on that couch. I um, hope so. And then I'll take a good shower afterwards, probably. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you'll need it because he's, he, whoo, Adam D. Yeah. Say, at, least, at least take your gear to the dry cleaners. <laughs> we are bad to the dead. Download <laughs> us wherever you find podcasts. Hi, everyone. Adam D here. You know that Bone Daddy logo that graces all of our social media accounts and some of our swag too? That is the work of Berman Branding led by Becky Berman. Becky does a phenomenal job with graphic design. She knows her way around a website, but she does so much more. She's also a web strategist and can help your business, small, medium, or large, have a much stronger presence. She'll give you some great ideas as to how to get your brand in front of the eyeballs of your target audience. So visit Becky's Instagram site, at Berman Branding. You can also check out her website, www.bermanbranding.com. It's Berman Branding for all of your graphic design, web design, social media, and marketing strategies. Berman Branding. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. I want to thank Aaron Quitkin, our guest on today's episode, episode eight. Also want to thank our sponsors, of course, Berman Branding for all of your marketing, public relations, web design, and graphic design needs. We also want to thank Idan Karen of the Stan K Realty Group, top 1% of realtors in North Jersey. If you're thinking about moving to Essex, Morris, or Union Counties, you're going to want to hit up Idan Karen. You can find him on Instagram. His handle is at Idan.Realtor. That's at Idan, I-D-A-N, dot Realtor. Coach Aaron, another uh, fascinating interview. Um, you know, sometimes we not only have a good time with our guests, but we learn a buttload. Well, wow. I mean, I you've always... You, again, you always amaze me. But we're not going to make this about me. We're no, going to no, make no, this no. about you, Coach, because no, no, you no, did no. a fine job of promoting yourself <laughs> on this podcast well, I, during that interview. It, it's, it's not that you I wrote was... a book. <laughs> I, I coach kids. No. It's like, who are we interviewing here? No, but the, <laughs> but the key piece is, uh, and that's why I talked about this, the, 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 the short take, yeah. is there's, he's done at the corporate level, yeah. you know, what I believe needs to begin to start doing things at our younger levels. Mm-hmm. And his part about this concept about being happy and this happy, I mean... 
I did. I, I wrote a book, and it really was for my kids. Uh, so, uh, and the story about the two of you being synagogue presidents, uh, the mullet story, just uh, fantastic. Full was, body with was, a bow. With Full with the bow, and, and we're, there's so much we didn't even get to. I understand he has a podcast as well. He does. It's called Brand on Purpose, mm-hmm. and what Aaron does is he interviews entrepreneurs and senior leaders of corporations. Uh, not only is it about their rise in leadership and building brands, like uh, he mentioned off off podcast with us that he recently interviewed the CEO or founder of Bombas, you know, the socks, yeah. which are great socks, by mm-hmm. the way, especially if you're a runner. My wife loves those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, comfortable, yeah. wick away the sweat. Mm-hmm. Just uh, They'll cost you a little bit, but uh, they're certainly Well, they also it. give money to people, homeless they people. They do. Yeah. They do, um, which, again, uh, is what this podcast is all about. So it's about CEOs who do good and do well, mm-hmm. right? They... Give back to the community, which is is really what it's all about. And if you're interested in learning more about that podcast, I know you can find it on all of the streaming platforms. It's called Brand on Purpose, the Brand on Purpose podcast. If you want more information, you can email Aaron at podcast at kwtglobal.com. Again, podcast at kwtglobal.com. I think you'll find it worth your while and you will learn a lot. And uh, we're getting near the end of our season here, right? Just a couple more episodes and then maybe some holiday specials. But the great guests do not stop. And we've got a couple of people that we're working on for next week mm-hmm. and the week after. Still working on our lunatic geek geek dads. Well, we're going to get them soon. But right now, there's just so many different shows. You're going to have to be... I mean, there's been so many shows for us to, to We're have talking to talk about the about. fantasy, the sci-fi, the comic there's books, just, the there's movies. Just, there's just so many. It's just... Yeah. Uh, it's a great thing about TV today. You can just sit home and never leave and just keep watching. <laughs> but you uh, need a job to pay for no. all these streaming and, and services. And of course, we have an exciting week ahead. You know, we talked earlier at the other part of the show, there's a big election that's going to see how it plays itself out. But here, in our, where we live, there's Teeter's Convention, which means, you know, we yeah. get some free time. And this week, and I look forward to talking to you about it, we're taking Michaela on, and Brie, of course, on our first set of college visits. Wow. Are you we're, at liberty to tell us where you're going? We're going to check out uh, University of Rhode Island. We're going there first. Oh, we checked that out yep. in the spring. I think you'll have a great time. And but if you have our tour guide, yeah. make sure you wear roller skates. All right. Well, yeah, we, we, have, we have wear comfortable shoes. Yeah. So, this uh, guy hustled. Yeah. So we're going to be on our uh, fastest move. And then we're going to Boston University. Boston yes. University. Boston okay. University. So we're kind of doing that whole, the, the whole Northeast. Northeast, right? Uh-huh. And then we're going to check out Brandeis. Excellent. Uh, and that's just because... Um, I'm forcing her to see Brandeis. Okay. I also want to see about softball. You know, I'm just going to throw that in All there. Right. Way, to, uh, way to push. <laughs> and then we're going to go visit uh, uh, Northeastern. Mm. Uh, and then we're going to see UMass Amherst. Excellent swing of school. So, it's, but it's a it's a myriad of different kind of college campuses. So you're going to hit all these schools in a matter of four days. Uh, we're leaving Wednesday. We come back Saturday. Excellent. And so the whole point is not necessarily those specific schools. But we want to give uh, Michaela a chance to get a sense of some larger size schools uh, like URI, which is a college kind of townish kind mm-hmm. of thing in yeah. a city school like Boston, mm-hmm. uh, just to give her a sense of different kind of looks. Uh, we're going to do it a couple times. So this is our, I'm, I'm actually very excited about doing this. I think I'm more excited than she is. And I've been told that I can't ask questions. That I'm I have. telling you, when, when parents go on these tours, first you're going to do the dad pose, uh-huh. which is feet shoulder length apart, uh-huh. arms crossed, arms crossed. sunglasses, uh-huh. and hat. Okay. And you will ask questions because yeah. you cannot help yourself. Well, that, I couldn't help myself. Yeah, that's, uh, but she says, please don't. And I, I, the, the funny part was, is I go, you know, Michaela, am I allowed to ask questions? She says, no, you ask embarrassing questions. And I'm like, well, okay. Then I said, what about your mom? She goes, oh yeah, mom can ask questions. Well, what I find funny <laughs> is, I, I'm not allowed to ask questions, but I say, 
are you going to be asking well, that's questions? Well, that's you know, your kid. That's what I said, yeah. yeah. That, if you don't ask questions, then you're going to have to make me ask questions. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have that pre-meeting. Any advice you can give out to me beforehand outside of preparing for the man pose and wearing uh, comfortable sneakers? My advice is have a plan. So what does Michaela want to get out of her school experience? Okay, okay. What's important to her? Okay. What social organizations? Mm -hmm. And if you can reach out to those leaders, mm -hmm. do that. So maybe you can get a, a more customized okay. experience and mm -hmm. maybe a meeting with those folks. Okay. Um, if the tour guides don't take you mm -hmm. to the schools, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The uh, educational departments mm -hmm. that Michaela is interested in, mm -hmm. try to do that off tour as well. Okay. Right, and then check out the the food. Check out the food court. Food, right? Yeah, yeah. What what kind of what kind of brand food are they? So are they like, offering? should we eat there? Like, like plan on having a meal could, there. But it's like you know, what options do you have? And I know most of these schools have a pretty expansive cafeteria yeah. Yeah. with a lot of different food options. But I know my daughter was like, "Are, are there Paneras or Chick Fil A's?" <laughs> and how how close are we to a Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> those yeah. those are important. Well, my daughter would want Starbucks. Uh, so what about? What about like uh, you know um, souvenirs? I mean, did you go mm. in? Did you buy stuff? Because I'm I'm struggling with that. Like, yeah. if I spend a, you know a sweatshirt each place, sweatshirt's like sixty bucks. Yeah, and you know, you know you're going to be buying stuff for school. She will not go to. Well, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, what, help me there. So we we had a limit. Okay. So it was one T-shirt mm -hmm. at every school. Okay. And I did not buy anything. Okay. All right. right? Because I will buy plenty for when. Okay. For the school that she actually okay. goes to. All right. But I didn't need a shirt at all of the what, six or seven schools that we've visited. Mm -hmm. But Perry insisted on, on getting a t-shirt. Okay. I, I, I respect that. That makes sense. Yeah. That means you went there and kind of something, but... But it's a t-shirt. It's like 15 to $20. Yeah. All right. That's good. Without breaking the bank. That's Sweatshirts good. will reserve for yep. when we get accepted and decide on a school. Yeah. You know, so that's that's my exciting week as a, as a dad. I'm really excited uh, to spend that time with my family. Um, and I think you have any kind of plans at all? Be work, though, so you're not in the world of... Okay. Yeah, so I'm taking next Friday off. We are going to go to Temple where yeah. Perry got accepted. Yeah. We'll check out that school. We haven't nice. seen it yet. We've heard really, really nice things. Very it's not nice. far. It's yep. only 90 minutes away. Yep. And as I know all of our local listeners know, the West Orange High School football team yes. has made its sectional championship. And how about the soccer team, too? So both soccer teams. Both boys both and girls. Teams, yeah. yeah. So Are making their sectional yep. championships. So... We have to see when the football team is playing Friday or Saturday because Aiden is in the marching band. Mm -hmm. And the marching band's not going to march, but they are going to be in the pep band. But I have to be around mm -hmm. to take him to wherever he, he has needs to, to go. go. And I'm so excited for those kids to extend oh, the season. How awesome. It's What I think is great, um, actually, we, you, you mentioned this uh, a short while ago, and I want you to share this. This uh, There's a lot of vendors who come to these large large events. Like Western just had this large competition, yeah. right? Uh, for marching band. For, for marching band. And so marching band's experience gets extended, yes. right? So the, the synergy between the football and the band is essential. Yeah. Because as cheerleaders the, too, they the get cheerleaders, to continue to you know, perform. So as they, you know, as the as the sports go, so do and cheerleaders mm -hmm. are athletes. Um, along with but that's what that's why I want to bring it in. You saw a banner, mm -hmm. right? One of these vendors, right? So we know that football players, uh, athletes, uh, cheerleaders, uh, athletes, what excited did you see about band members? So at the last state championship, mm -hmm. this is the marching band championship at the College of New Jersey, I saw a banner for the company that makes the uniforms okay. for yeah. most mm -hmm. of the marching bands. Yeah. And when I was growing up, when I was in marching band, I wore this heavy polyester, polyester. Yeah. suit. 
So on a hot day, I was disgusting. On a rainy day, I was disgusting. And now they're making almost Under Armour dry fit mm -hmm. uniforms. Yeah. And I, I forget the name of the company. I think they're called like GS or, or something like that. Doesn't with, matter. Something with initials. Yeah. But what caught my eye was the slogan. Mm -hmm. And it was called Performance Gear for the Marching Athlete. <laughs> Performance Gear for the Marching How brilliant is that? Because so many of these bands compete. Yes. So you need gear. Yep. That's going to help you move around, Absolutely. wick away the sweat. Yep. You know, so many of these kids are doing jumping and dance moves. Oh, it's I, not just about playing the no, instruments. They are, they're legit athletes. I think it's fantastic. So uh, so that was, uh, next, we have an exciting week ahead for our town as well. So We do. And uh, good luck to the Mountaineers. Yes. And they're going to be playing undefeated Phillipsburg, the state liners. So uh, we wish them the best of luck. Of course, our soccer teams, our bands, our cheerleaders, and anybody else who's competing, um, our elected officials... We hope you get the outcome that you want. Mm -hmm. We just hope that you lead our town the way it should be led. Like we do. We, 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 we hope that you do the, what you need With to do. Decisions, With good decisions and, of and course, good, good image, right? Yes. And, and good grace. Yes. We are bad to the dad. Listeners, dads, thanks for listening and have a great week.